listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince LaCoco. This is From the Pink Seats Podcast, week three. We head into more neutral site football. I put that into uh, quotations there because we keep going to these places where we're playing neutral. (laughs) Yeah, we're playing teams in their home state, in their home cities. We're just playing them at a nicer stadium. But that's okay. We go and we play, right? We don't care where it is. We just show up and play football. Sounded like you are in a fish tank. There we go. I'd rather not drive to Bloomington anyways. That's right. I've been there. Yeah, I yeah. went I went to a game a couple years ago. The one thing that stood out about going there, and I don't know if they still do this, and I'm probably very naive and sound like an idiot as to why I don't know why they do this, but they do some kind of like weird dance on third down, like all the fans. It's like a like a marching in place type thing. If I remember correctly, it's very it's very weird. But it explains a lot about the Indiana football, uh, the state of Indiana football, if if you're catching my drift. So I'll, I'll we, never forget when I saw like two years ago when the student section just had a giant 15 foot two by four from the from the, the bleachers, just kind of carrying it around. That's a real, a real Indiana thing to do. It really is. Yeah. It, it Look, it is a very it's a cool campus in general. The football stadium is just kind of what you expect in the Big Ten with the team that's in, in Bloomington, but Hey, we're not playing there. We're playing at Lucas oil stadium in a NFL environment. And it is going to be hopefully a, a pretty decent crowd. We will see how many fans actually make the trip up there. You would imagine more would go to Indianapolis than Atlanta. Uh, but here I am not going this weekend. And I blame the fact that I'm poor. Right? It's just, it is what it is. Like tickets were cheap too. I just yeah. openly admit, we're like I spent, gonna... I bought beer for everybody last week. Yeah, that's the way to do it. See, (laughs) there's multiple ways. You could do that like overnight on Friday night. You could go up Saturday morning, stay Saturday night, go out and experience Indianapolis nightlife. Or you could just be like me and watch the game from home and have the absolute worst FOMO, knowing that every one of your friends and fellow fans is in Indianapolis. But hey, my wife told me, she said, if you go to the Murray State game and you spend a bunch of money, just know the Indiana game is going to be a lot tougher to pull off. And there I go buying beer for everybody, having a grandiose time uh, in the second half on the party deck, man. That's why you sit in your seat. That doesn't happen when you sit in your seat. Let's talk about, let's talk about some football. It's great to be back. First of all, Uh, all of us uh, under the same virtual roof here for the first time in a while, but it's exciting. (laughs) Louisville is off to a two and O start after the Murray state uh, game, which we're going to dive into. Uh, And they head into a game against a big 10 opponent that Jeff Brom knows very well going four and one uh, all the way back since uh, 2017 in those matchups. So uh, definitely an exciting opponent. It's kind of interesting because this was supposed to be the start of a three-year series, but nope, not anymore. Now we're going to pivot. A one-year series now. Well, yeah, it's a one Soft. and done. Well, that's right. I think there's there's definitely uh, uh, some, some interesting storylines with that being one of them. Uh, the second being the fact that Jeff Brom owns them and Tom Allen, you know, we'll see what that looks like now in the ACC, but I feel like he knows that a little bit. Like, you know, we've seen what it's like for a Louisville coach in the ACC on the basketball side to like have like a Leonard Hamilton, somebody that just dominates you no matter what you do. That mm-hmm. might be Jeff Brom to, to Tom Allen. But uh, overall, though, it's an exciting time for Louisville. We're kind of right where we expected them to be. The hiccup with Georgia Tech kind of behind us now. Definitely a lot of things to talk about. We're going to do so tonight uh, on the show from the Pink Seats podcast. Subscribe anywhere that you get your shows from. Follow us on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod. 
uh, interact with us there, get involved with the show. Um, let's start off before we talk about Louisville and talk about the NFL weekend. Did you guys watch a lot of football? If you're like me, Sunday I literally did nothing but watch the NFL all day long, and it was amazing. Yeah, I, I, I tried to watch a little bit of football, but, you know, I'm still just doing some work and chilling at home. And plus, you know, I don't really have cable, so I have to bootleg stream half the games I want to watch. Such a bum, man. What a bum. I watched the uh, Ravens and Dolphins and, you know, was disappointed at the fact that I couldn't watch Lamar on the Dolphins, even though Tua had a good day, you know, still wishing that Lamar was over there. And, you know, it, it still hurts. While, <laughs> while you say that, I just want to thank God now for Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa because I have both on my paid fantasy league team. So <laughs> Yeah, I went with the traditional, you know, you ride with your guy, you die with your guy, drafting Lamar first round. Uh, and Oof. it definitely, Oof. you know, hurt. All six of those points that he got us in week one. But, hey, look. It's all right. It's I just believe in one. the bounce back. Let's start there. You though, know who cause... I picked up, though? You know who I picked up? Tutu Atwell. There six you go. Seven. There you go. He, like he, yeah. I mean, immediately, as soon as I saw him going off, I was like – all right, I'm picking him up. I drafted him last year as like a wave joke. of wire, wave of wire. <laughs> yeah, I drafted him last year as a joke, like last first round pick, and I drafted him elite this year as like my joke last pick for, you know, the draft. And, yeah, that's you not. It turns so out well I should have actually went with Tutu. And... Right, you would have been, you would have been like the guru <laughs> been a good of pick. Your group, yeah, it would have been exactly. a solid pick. And now, I mean, now it's going to be a solid waiver pick because I mean, Stafford was loving him. It was all, it was like perfect stuff that I mean for Tutu just find a hole and. You know, Stafford's going to get it to him eventually. Yeah. So talking about Lamar, right? So a lot of people, I'm sure, in Louisville have Lamar on their fantasy team. Um, and it was just a very disappointing week one when you have the weapons that he does. Don't get me wrong. Zay Flowers looked really nice. Uh, obviously, they have the injury with J.K. Dobbins. But when you look at Lamar from a statistical standpoint, dating back to the the final seven games of last year, it's not not great, man. Like he is, I don't, I'm not going to say like there's like a fall off or decline because obviously he dealt with injury at the end of last year. They were an up and down football team, but like he got up to that start last year. Do you remember where he was like the number one and number like two, number one quarterback and number two running back with like fantasy football stats? Like he was off to that historical yeah. start. Mm -hmm. He kind of had a, a really, uh, you know, uh, uh, difficult fall back to reality at the end of last year in week one, man, 17 of 22, 169 yards. Six six rushing attempts, only 38 yards and an interception, dude. It was just not like the Lamar you expect to see. Hopefully it's just because it's week well, one. There are a, lot of quarterbacks around the, a lot of quarterbacks around the league struggled, though. With, no yeah. doubt. But, hey, he, he, you know so, what? He, and Lamar he still, got won, the, he still wins football games. That's, that's what right. He does. He does. He does. I was just he about to win. say, the one stat that matters the most, he performed yeah, well in, and that was a W, baby. That's exactly. right. Six and two in his last eight. I mean, hey, and they lost, what, like the final – However many games of the season last year when they were playing Tyler Huntley as their quarterback. Seen, which, I mean, like, you want to talk about freaking trade bait. I tweeted it out. They need to trade for Brees Hall and try and get him. <laughs> I mean, like, something. <laughs> I mean, like, you can trade away Tyler Huntley so easily. There's a team out there that, you know, doesn't want to tank completely, still wants to win a couple football games, or is even like a decent quarterback, away, like a Brock Purdy, away from being a good football team. You know, I, I don't know. You could trade and get a good piece for Hartley. You probably could, but probably not Brees Hall yeah, for, being, for being real. You get Brees Hall in, might a, be in a pick, in a draft pick. It might be the future of New York Jets, at least it, from what you've seen when he's healthy. But also, also team. that there you go, man. Tutu uh, Atwell, really great to see because it always felt like, or at least the first couple of years, that he just didn't 
to me, maybe you disagree. There was flashes last year. He just didn't look like an NFL player. Like it just didn't look like it was going to work out. We saw him dominate at Louisville to the point of like, you felt like he would walk in and just be this utility weapon early on as a rookie and then slowly become a dynamic slot receiver. I think this year we're starting to, at least if game one is in the indication, starting to see the the real like potential and development of Tutu Atwell. I think it now was that, also a shitty situation though, Jacob. Like no, the first, you're right. first year was well, not a shitty situation. It's really good. It situation. seemed like they were reluctant like to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's a rookie, rookie first year, has the game weight. We all know that. They basically redshirted him that rookie year. And then last year, Stafford was hurt pretty right. much the entirety of the season. Yeah, that's true. Team sucked or whatever. And I mean, this year could be his, you know, quote unquote, like year two jump. If you want to call that, I mean, yeah, like his rush shirt over there too. Yeah, like, he that's had a right, phenomenal man. game. One of the highest PFF graded safeties. The Louisville area Rams, man. That's what we'll call them from now on. The, <laughs> you know, when you were younger and you said, I'm going to LA on spring break, and they're like, Where's, you know, you're going out to California? You're like, No, the yeah. Louisville area. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what the Rams are, man. The, the Louisville area Rams. All right. Just I have a, t- a variety of topics here, but I thought there was a couple of funny things from the weekend that kind of stood out to me. Number one being somebody discovered the Brink Brom home guy at the football game. I don't know if you all saw the tweet over the weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, hysterical, saw hysterical. Yeah. And he he or she uh, or they that is a big supporter of, of our show and often, uh, in, you know, engages with us online. So I, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to make this sound like we're all out here trying to discover, but like, I want to have them on the show, but like, have I them be... completely blacked out on the screen and have it be right, the, you know, the you know, whenever I was tweeting about Jeff Bob coming off, <laughs> his wall. you know, like, boy, yeah, one of those like true crime scenes, those voice like, changers, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I just thought that. Imagine the fan right now, like the I don't know how you would feel. Like it, it, it only in this very niche world would other people know. Like, dude, I discovered the who the bring Brom home guy is or gal. Uh, but still, I think that's hysterical to know that there's one fan out there who has the true understanding and knowing. It's like, like the, the very few people that know who Batman is, right? It's like the Alfred of Louisville football right now, knowing, <laughs> knowing, knowing the secret of who Brink Brown Home is. I also, I don't know if you all no, saw it's the end with Jim Gordon whenever he's <laughs> he's flying off of the end and he figures it out. Yeah, that's exactly what this is right now. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, he's the one fan. But how about the frat boys fighting out at the fairgrounds? Did you all see that video that went viral? I did not see uh, that. Yeah, no. some Louisville, some Louisville boys out there. All you know, they're they're. Five foot nine, hundred ninety five pounds, playing in the Southeast League on a Tuesday night. Like they all look very similar to me. Yeah, I was about to say. So it sounds like a bunch of yous. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of which, hey, real quick, we we haven't gotten to talk to you since then. Uh, but give us your your quick synopsis of your playing time on the field against Murray State back in two thousand and seventeen. We went back in the game logs, saw you as an active participant. That's a big moment. <laughs> of Matt, I think yeah, was, yeah. I mean, any tackles? Did you have any opportunities yeah, I was to wear Playing fullback. Yeah, there's a play, like a pitch play that Tobias Little, like if he would have just continued to follow, he could have scored a touchdown, but cut up inside (laughs) or outside, one of the two. I can't really remember. My One of my favorite ones where I played was against Syracuse, and I was – it was like one of those where it's like, man, like it's like way late in the game. Uh, I guess I had done well enough in fall camp and stuff to impress the coaches instead because they wanted me to yeah, go, they wanted me to go in at like right at that moment where stuff was transitioning, like the initial subs, like hey, let's get a, let's get the guys in the game, let's start substituting the twos in and stuff. So they subbed me mm-hmm. in on like 
kickoff return or something. And I'm like, motherfucker, like I'm tight as shit. My legs hurt. <laughs> like, I gotta, I'm going to get fucked up out here. Like I, I'm on kickoff return. I hated kickoff return because you're dropping. I was on the front line. You're dropping back 15, oh, no. 15 yards. Dudes have a full head of sprint at you. It's like, it's stupid. But yeah, that was, that was another fun one to get into. Murray State was, I remember looking at the stadium, like, my best friend has had season tickets his entire life. And, you know, since we were kids and I remember looking up at the scoreboard, uh, the end zone with the beer deck, seeing that, seeing like the huddle. And I was like, Oh shit, I better look down. Like that looks stupid. And then <laughs> I started like skimming the sidelines to see if I saw anybody I knew. And I saw my best friend who's had like season tickets my entire life, our entire lives. And I'm like, Oh, this is ironic. We both are like on the field at the same time together in college. Like, cool moment whatever and then you know what's cool being in the huddle with puma too you're in the huddle with like a five star that i mean you're a walk-on you don't really <laughs> expect to be in the huddle with a dude that's that good so do you like overthink it like remember the play remember the play remember the play remember the no, play i mean like, what are they gonna do bench you you can't bench a two <laughs> it's like <laughs> trying to fire somebody on their it's last either run or pass. as long as you know like you don't have a route or something like that and even if i had a route i would i would have been like hey puma like what do I run here to double check that I don't fuck something up? But like the run game is the run game. That's pretty self-explanatory for my position, at least. Yeah, man, I'm gonna have to go back in the archives and find the game footage. I need some of this footage. I especially you will when not you need to see find the game footage. I, don't I think... bet that game is. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Version. Or it's something definitely. Yeah, YouTube. but you're not gonna get an Exos password from anyone at the universe. You can go back. We used to do that all the time and watch like 2014 like cutups of like full game stuff where you don't have to watch commercials and everything and watch all the big plays and like crazy shit like that. So I need to definitely find it, but you're not getting the excess password. So good luck. I need the all 22 footage of every game moving forward from now on. Like I just need an archive password. So if you're out there in the ACC broadcast studio down on Floyd street, I need that badly. DME, just, just let's, let's get that going. You want to be able to color. Yeah, like do the circles, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. like you say I, I know here, what you meant. The line. Just do the thing like the announcers oh, on TV oh, do, okay. and they circle yeah, on the yeah, screen, yeah. like yeah, this, man. this, this. Is it just me, or does it feel like every time? I mean, it, I was watching the game this weekend of Tony Romo, just like, you know, drawing circles. Oh, there's a dick. Like, it's just, it's, it still <laughs> seems like it's very sexual <laughs> for these guys to draw dicks while they're <laughs> drawing plays. I don't know what it is, man. It's always, it happens every game. It's like, well, what that's a mean? dick. Football's like that. I mean, there was what's his name? Uh that that quarterback or D end or somebody uh got hosed today saying something raunchy. Oh, oh man, yeah, that was great. Kate uh Kate McNamara Michigan, yeah. no, oh, God, yeah, that coming was, or whatever. That was what? hysterical. <laughs> This is honestly be... one of the funniest weeks of college football that I can ever remember, dude. There was so many good <sighs> Somebody tweeted something about Bobby Petrino too up in the box. They said he looked like uh, something somebody like captured or like in an insane asylum or mm-hmm. something like that. It's just hilarious seeing him up in the box. <laughs> my my favorite was hearing Geno Smith mic'd up with Aaron Donald breathing oh, on his neck. Oh my god! That <laughs> oh my god! god. <laughs> I wanted to send that to you all to be like, this would be me if I tried to go out there and play football. Like, oh the yeah, first time somebody about, is directionally headed straight on. Did you guys hear Jameis mic'd up? Like Derek Carr is. Oh yeah, I saw that beautiful tweet. sequence. Yeah. Jameis Winston's over there with the iPad, like, uh-huh, 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 yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's all of us, man. Like, like do it, do it, Throw the bomb. Throw the bomb. Throw the bomb. 
All right, last thing, non-Louisville, we'll move in and quickly go through the Murray State game. But my my favorite moment of the weekend outside of just the – and it's not – I guess this would be the most cringeworthy was the announcer leaning into the adversary, adversary porn with Kentucky with, uh, with uh, just essentially saying that at one point he was an orphan and nobody wanted him and then everybody wanted him <laughs> that, in the portal. We've got to work on these. That these. might have been one of the most out-of-pocket things I've <laughs> ever heard an announcer it, it, say. And I've it, heard it brought some up the wild J.K. Shit. Dobbins one too where they were talking about his mom yeah, almost got an abortion. Oh, it's like and then that kid turned into <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. It's just absolutely terrible. But my favorite thing of the weekend was Shadur Sanders. I don't know if you all saw this pregame. Nebraska, Colorado yeah. got into a little bit of a scuffle. And my man is honestly like it's like it's like Liv Dunn and then Bronny James and, you know, maybe like one other Arch Manning. And then it's Shadur Sanders now. Like he is the face of college football, quickly becoming that, especially NIL, having all these deals. This dude's driving a Maybach. Like he is, he has got it going on as a college student. And for him to be wearing a full out, just diamond encrusted Rolex onto the field and flashing it as the Nebraska players are trying to, have a huddle on the logo. I mean, you can't get any more of a flex and, and that's an NFL level flex. Like I would expect that from like Jair, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Shadur Sanders already in an elite level of trash talking at the college level, man. Like that's incredible. I love the fact that he's Dion's third favorite kid. <laughs> How about the kid ranking, man? <laughs> right like, up ranking his kids. I love it. Like that's I would definitely rank number two in my dad's book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fantastic stuff. All right. Well, let's transition. Let's talk Murray State here. Reminder from the Pink Seats podcast that find us anywhere you get your podcast from. Brought to you by Kern's Corner, the home of the best burger and chili in the city of Louisville. You can find them in the Highlands. And, of course, by Manscaped. Use the code PINKSEATS at manscaped.com to save 20% off on your first order. Let's talk about Murray State because this is a game where uh, we talked last week, Matt, that you're not going to really learn much about who you are, who you aren't. They are going to blow an opponent out. It's going to be getting as many guys in to try to get get those valuable reps and really try to uh, get the depth to be more proven and on the field and capable of stepping into a moment. Overall, slow start for Louisville. Really did not feel like at the end of the first quarter like they were going to cover that spread. I, I remember being with Presley uh, and a couple of other folks who bet the spread saying, like, you guys are fucked. It, it is what it is at this point. It is <laughs> seven to nothing at the end of the first quarter. You need at least, like, 21 points. <laughs> I was sitting there with Seth Pugh till the fourth quarter, and he bet the over, and he's like, please, God. <laughs> Just <sitting laughs> praying for the over. <laughs> It was a very odd game overall, but still nice, solid performance. We'll get into the details here uh, in just a few moments. But ladies and gentlemen, the world has been clamoring. We've been getting DMs, messages, emails, text messages, phone calls, faxes, letters. We have gotten brawls in the in the mail. We have gotten notes from the <laughs> from the president's office begging for the return of Vince's game notes. And so tonight we oblige, ladies and gentlemen. We will get out of the way and hand over the microphone to the man who watches football games and brings us the analysis that we desperately need here on the show. So Vince, my friend, we will hand it over for the first edition of Vince's game notes in 2023. It's time to get down to brass tacks. It's Vince's Game Notes with Vincent Lacoco. Feels nice to be back. That was a great intro, Jacob. Thank you. <laughs> As always, just no one better besides Presley Meyer on those. We'll hit your five points, Jacob, that you so clearly laid out at the beginning for me and laid out a great 
railroad track for me to follow, much like the Louisville offensive line did for Jawar Jordan. Uh, but we're going to start with Jack Plummer and uh, Jack Plummer's throws. Uh, particularly started out the game with that one on third down, third and 11 throw to Kevin Coleman, which was a bit, I don't know if it was an overthrown ball or not. It looked almost perfect. It was a one-handed grab. And, you know, it was a great ball. Uh, he also had, you know, the T, uh, the pass to Jaws, which led to a touchdown, which was huge. Uh, the TG uh, touchdown pass to Thrash uh, was probably the tightest window that we've seen a guy throw the ball into since Lamar was a quarterback. Like, we haven't seen Malik. We haven't seen Brock or anybody thread a needle like that in a long time. That stretch, uh, that stretch with Jack, the three play stretch of that touchdown, the play before, and the interception that kind of bookended it was just a total synopsis of Jack Plummer. Right, yeah. throws the pick on the drive. They come back, they fumble the snap on first down. Brian Hudson just throws the ball sideways. I mean, it's one of the funniest looking snaps I've ever seen. Comes back next play, boom! I, I passed it. Any other drive probably could have been picked off, but just a perfect throw. And I'm, I remember back in the day, John Gruden called that the I think the turkey hole is what he called it. There, there might have been another phrase for that. So but the honey hole, the honey hole, <laughs> the that, honey hole. Yeah, there was a, a small window that's in between. You know, like uh, I forget exactly how he described it. I remember it was a Matt Stafford throw, but it was essentially just this tiny little window, and that's exactly what Jack did. But, you got to give but, him, you got to give him credit where the credit is due on a throw. Exactly, like that. and those are the throws. Like it's awesome. That's that's great. But make these easier throws that, you know, can mm-hmm. get us these six yards. And you saw him miss those first two, the, the game one against Tech, uh, the first series, which could have led to, you know, points. It's awesome that we're getting points in the red zone, you know, and we're, I mean, we're kicking field goals and we're scoring touchdowns, but you really want to see more touchdowns. And a lot of this stuff can be prevented with Jack getting a little bit more consistent on particularly like the short to intermediate passing game. He runs the offense pretty. Like these screen passes, things like that. I mean, he's getting the ball to the right guys at the right time. It's just be a little bit more consistent with everything. And whenever they showed his final stat line at the end, it paired up, you know, pretty evenly with how he did against against Tech, which was, you know, a bit unfortunate. You want to see a guy like that improve against uh, Murray State. But I'm sure, you know, this is football that we can live with. I want to see him hit those, you know, more consistent passes, though, because we can win mm-hmm. a lot bigger games with him doing that yeah, yeah. from I'm sure you from, guys agree with me yeah yeah from my vantage point um through a lot of the first quarter plus it seems like a lot of his throws were either a tick too late like he was making the right decision but the he was a little indecisive on if he wanted to make the decision so the throw was a tuck a tick late or it seemed like the ball had way too much air on it like there were a couple of throws that he made in the first quarter, which ended up being completions. But if Louisville's playing a power five opponent, those are probably either drop passes or even worse interceptions. Exactly. And that's that- exactly what I found myself saying a lot of times watching him play. Matt was like, how well or like, how are these balls going to look whenever we're playing Indiana? You know, big- I don't know about it. Let's, I mean, look, let's. I mean, we'll get into it, right? But you're talking yeah. about a defense that's competent, right? You wouldn't have said yes. Georgia Tech was yeah. going to be Very making yeah, yeah. So just point being a power five defense, right? Yes, yes, yeah, a power five defense. I agree with you. I mean, just make, make be a little bit more consistent. I, I love what we're seeing, though. This is very refreshing to see this opposed to what we've seen the past three or four. I mean, even with Lamar, like it's cool to see a true quarterback back, somebody running 
an offense, not the offense running through the quarterback. Second point, uh, Jawar Jordan, the offensive line. Really, Jawar in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever we interviewed him at the Josh Megan's camp, he mentioned he liked this offense in particular because he's catching the ball out of the backfield more. And we saw him do that with great success, uh, you know, this past weekend. He would have he would have got a first down on that uh, screenplay, though, if the offensive line could have figured out who they were blocking on that. Offensive they all just kind of like bumbled up. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Martin, I didn't see it initially, but was sitting there and Max Martin's like, offensive line didn't know who to block right there. He like just threw his arms up. I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? I watched it and Hudson and somebody else just came together and I was like, oh my God, this is not this is not gonna end well. But like they're just is, a bunch but, of brain farts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what you're seeing a lot though is some split flow split flow football, which is you know, your tight end uh lining up. You know, ah, it's it's hard to describe without. Here, here's the picture, Jacob. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the split flow football. Uh, you know, the the linebackers have a read, which is like the triangle, which is your guards to your center. You know, to uh, I think it's your quarterback back there. It's either quarterback or like that second, you know, lead blocker. Your second lead blocker will either be like your fullback, or your tight end, or somebody like that. And if the fullback or tight end, you know, bolts to the opposite side and we run it, you know, right off that tight ends, butt with the whole offensive line crashing down to the right, you know, the tight, the running back's going to have that cutback lane to the left right off that tackles, butt, uh, which is where you saw Jawar get, you know, some of his bigger runs. What we're doing is pinning that tackle down. Everybody else blocked down that tight end goes and blocks split flow down to the other side. And, you know, Jawar's finding these holes, offensive lines getting, phenomenal push and even when they don't get that great of a push you know we're still gaining yards it was awesome to see guys like michael gonzalez pushing the pile while jawar's carrying like two dudes on top of him and you know mike was trying his damnedest to try and get his ass in the end zone. <laughs> i i mean i told you guys at preseason that brian mentioned you know like 25 is good in that alumni meeting like he is really good and the brahms you know they came from that petrino you know, tree of, you know, feeding the studs and finding that guy who's going to get you positive yards. He's going to get you in the end zone. And, you know, that's Jawar Jordan for us. Also, Dwayne Martin, fullback, guys. We have like a true fullback, eye formation fullback. If you go back and watch uh, Jawar Jordan's touchdown where they were in eye formation on the goal line, like that whole, I mean, that play was made by Dwayne Martin just scoring with this guy in the end zone. It was pretty to see. What else, Jacob? Other QBs. So who has other QB notes? Because like we played nine, right? <laughs> played <laughs> ten, right? Didn't they play ten quarterbacks? No, nine. I mean, nine. There's only I mean, nine quarterbacks on the okay. roster. I th- I mean, so they, like so my Jacob phone rang this. and I thought they were ready for me to go in. So I was ready to rock and roll. Quarterback number ten, final snap of the game, like the Make a Wish kid out there getting the final snap. <laughs> like, so I, I thought we were so for this part of the show, like I, I I saw this segment and I'm like, all right, cool, like. I'll, I'll make some notes about each of the quarterbacks. I'm like, they only played a quarter and a half. Where where would like, you get I go, that? I go else? to <laughs> I go to the fourth quarter and I get through Brock. I get through Harrison, and I'm like, damn, we played like ten quarterbacks. I'm not about to sit here and watch like ten. That's a lot of that's a lot of guys. <laughs> but I mean, personally, I would have loved to see Pierce be like the first guy off the bench for us. Uh, I thought you know he made. His throws were a little bit freshman-like, a little bit, you know, off-timing and stuff, zip to the ball. Uh, Brock had a good throw, uh, a good throw that was on time. Uh, The announcer said something that was hilarious. He said, uh, Brock is more of a runner. 
talking about him being more of a running quarterback, oh, a, ru- yeah, a rushing so quarterback. Did y'all hear that? He continued to call him Domon. No, but he continued yeah. to call him Domon again the whole time he was on. At this point, he's doing yeah. it on purpose. Like, yeah, Domon is that. a runner. Doman is <laughs> is the passer. Yeah, yeah. the personality, man. You, you get well, if, an alter ego. If there's anything that I took away from just playing nine quarterbacks, um, it we probably got a secret look as to the actual quarterback death chart because when you look at the QB death chart, you've got obviously Jack Plummer number one, then you got Brock Doman and or 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 sounds like a seal or or. So this game, I think, gave us a chance to see like okay, this is what they actually who they think lines up on the actual depth chart. Obviously Plummer, like I said, number one, Brock Doman, number two, obviously. And number three, they must really like Evan Conley. Cause he was a third guy in there and he did receive a snap in that Georgia tech game. Yeah. I mean, hey. I told y'all. Yeah, I told him, I also it. predicted that last week. I went back and did our, which we'll get to predictions later on, but Matt shook his head at me when I said Evan Conley was going to play. Matt, I love, I freaking love proving you wrong, dude. I love it. You're like, well, actually, you hit me with the Oscar Martinez. Well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> All right, All back right, on Matt, track. Got, back yes, on Steve, track. Front four, the- front four push and the coverage. Uh, Ashton Gelati, Desmontel, Lole, Heron, they're all getting a great push up front, and that's where it starts. I mean, uh, Jacob, I'll let you get to the sack race and how that's going and stuff later on. But presented by Manscaped. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, for me, I'd like to see the ends keep a little bit more of a contain. Uh, I could see a, see that biting us in the ass whenever we get to a quarterback that you know has a little bit of wheels in his legs and you know it's a little bit better of a football team. Uh, I would love for us to not give so much of a cushion. I feel like I'm still complaining about like the cushion our DBs give. I feel like I'm like I'm just like going through like the beginning of the Brian Brown stages again right now. But it's it's all right. I I I trust our defense for now. Third down terrifies me. Absolutely mm-hmm. terrifies me. There's a lot of gaps. There's a lot of holes that they can hit. Uh, guys are tackling decently. I, the defense just worries me. I want to see them against a good football team. And uh, see how they do against a high-powered offense, and then I feel like I'll have a better gauge and evaluation of like what all is kind of going on on that side of the football. I know it pissed me off week one seeing Travion Cooley score touchdowns on us. Mm-hmm. You know that's stuff that like if I'm a defense, you know I take that a little bit more personal. I'm like, oh, like fuck that, like yeah, you're not scoring on me, man. Yeah, no like chance. you're not gonna score even if he does. Like I'm like, all right, that's the last one, or like you're not getting another yard type deal. Uh, I love it. We're flying to the football and stuff. I just like I said, I want to see us against better team, better talent to evaluate a little bit more. I'm sure you're gonna comment on third down, Matt, because that shit is well not good. Well, yes, but I was gonna say one thing that kind of concerns me the most about the defense, other than you know depth and safety, because safeties are dropping like flies out there. Is that this defensive line? Now, granted, two games is a very small sample size, so I'm going to include that caveat there. But the D line kind of reminds me of the how they were in 2021. They are getting this close. I remember Yaya Diaby saying at the in that offseason after that season, the main focus for that D line was that they were this close all the time, and they needed to make that jump from getting this close to getting there. I I feel like this D line again, just two games, they're getting right there. It's just that extra step needed to get home is not there. And I actually went diving into the the, the stats to see if this backs it up. 
And by God, it does. I went looking on pro football focus and out of 129 defensive snaps played so far, the defense has gotten 39 pressures on the backfield. That's a, that's a pressure rate of 30.2. So nearly one in every three plays is a pressure on the quarterback, but they only have one sack to show for it. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I've, I was going to ask you guys about, about all this uh, because it does feel like they have a legitimate, like you don't walk away from the game being like, my God, they didn't get pressure on the quarterback. They were moving all over the place to Mm -hmm. the where DJ Williams, like it was just funny watching him. It was like Allen Iverson in the NBA finals in 2000, where he had no one else on his team was just like, all right, I'm going to just do whatever I want. However I want. He was slinging it Contain on this, on that stuff. And if you contain the sacks will come. If yes. everybody does their job, if Stephen Heron can keep contain on the outside and things like that, then the quarterback's going to step up in the pocket, and that leads to sacks for Desmond Tell and you know Ashton Gelati and all these different stuff. That's I mean, just do your job up front, and everything will take care of itself, and you'll eventually get home. I don't want to see us getting antsy saying, "Oh, we're three games in, we only got two sacks to show for the season." Like, what are we doing? And here we go, start getting you know personal fouls, chasing after the quarterback when we, whenever we shouldn't be. You know what I mean? So it, let's. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> let the cake bake, as they say. Yeah, let, right? let, the, let the cake bake. Let the cake bake. Mm-hmm. It's it's two games. It's it's a small sample size. I'm sure I Ron will... English is sitting over there saying, though, like, damn, this is this is a lot better of an offense than I was around the first first go around here at Louisville. Though this is <laughs> a, lot, a lot better about this shit. <laughs> All yeah, right, let's finish kidding. strong here and and the game notes and get to the last bit, and that's the coverage because I thought it was, uh, like I said, DJ Williams was not shy of running to a corner. It's kind of a Madden football strategy. Just roll out of the pocket, get some space, and then launch the ball as far as you can down the field. That's what he did the entire end of the first quarter and beyond. What did you see with the coverage from the defensive backs? And as Matt mentioned, the safety position starting to become a little alarming how how quickly guys are dropping. Yeah, that's alarming. I'm not really sure, you know, what the deal is with Minkins, if he'll be back or not uh, this week, Matt. I don't, I don't Brom, know. Brom said he, play, he suffered a hammy in the Georgia Tech game, but he played through it. And I guess, I mean, if you're going to arrest a guy, you're going to – Murray State's yeah, the guy to arrest Murray's it. the one to do it. Yeah. But I, like like you said, Jacob, it's a lot like you see on Madden where guys scramble off and, you know, it's DB 101. Like, never take your eyes off your man whenever you're, you know, in scramble drill and stuff like that. And wide receivers now are being taught, you know, how to mirror their quarterback really well in that situation to where, you know, they're not throwing across their body. We're gaining positive yards and, you know, good things. Right? If, you know, I'm going closer to the sideline so you can throw it away type things. Uh, but stuff like that can cause – that's how big plays happen. You know, that's where, you know, your third down plays, you get into third and 14, and uh, somehow the team, they get a first down, and you're like, how the, how the F did that happen? They didn't even run a football play. Well, they ran they, they ran a football play. It just broke down, scrambled, and, you know, our guys just weren't disciplined enough to keep their eyes on their man. I will say Jarvis had a couple of nice swats uh, in, in, of he plays did. where he made up ground. Uh, got beat by a wide receiver and, and made up the play. And and a couple of other guys. I mean, Devin he's Neal making had that, that number two look a lot a lot better for sure. That Chandler. sure is. And he's mm-hmm. celebrating like nobody's business, man. He thinks he's the shit. I'm telling you. I, what, hey, I love I, I, I love that. I, I would much rather have a guy out there that thinks he's the fucking shit and the shit don't stink than That's right. you know, a corner that doesn't have any confidence at all. Corner is the hardest, posi- one of the hardest positions to play on the field. You have to have 
the craziest short-term memory. Like, could you imagine getting beat for like 40 yards? Yeah, getting like, cooked. Like, that is on you, man-to-man coverage, and you get beat 40 yards. Like, there can't look to your safety, can't look to the linebacker, nothing like that. You did not do – it's like missing a kick. You did not do your job. And, you know, you just got to flush it and come back to the next play. That's right. And the, the statistics aren't aren't terrible. Like Louisville's defense obviously did what they needed to do in a game like this. 166 total yards allowed, only 72 yards passing, 94 yards rushing. The passing story doesn't tell the complete story. The passing statistics don't tell the complete story because number of just slightly overthrown balls, drop balls, um, guys not doing what they need to do from the Murray State side. It's where when you watch that game, you're like, man, if they hit this there, they hit this. This is a completely different game. Again, it's the FCS game too, right? Small sample size. You don't make any harsh or rash decisions based off of what you've seen so far, but still starting to get a little bit. ourselves come week five. Well, that's right. You definitely yeah. hope not. You're going to find out a lot about yourself over the next couple of weeks uh, as the schedule starts to pick up here. That'll wrap up Vince's game notes. Let's uh, quickly move on and uh, kind of wrap up the conversation here. And before we do that, the Sack King is back for year two here on From the Pink Seats. As we mentioned, powered by Manscaped. Use the code Pink Seats at checkout to save 20% off on your first order. You will be thanking yourself, your your friends, your family will be thanking you for the stink part of things, right? Like that's the only people who should be thanking you for that. But take care of yourself, clean up. Treat yourself like you are a king, and you do that with Manscaped. And Sack King, we we track each week what that looks like, who is going to end up being the leader of the Louisville football pass rush and sacks last year, obviously, a, a really, really strong race with two great players, obviously, now in the NFL. This year, we're off to a slow start, fellas. It, it is really, really slow start. Two sacks. We, we only got two entries into the race at this point uh, with Destel, who certainly got his money's worth on that sack. Uh, and then Ashton Gelati last week, uh, so we're not we're not pacing very far ahead for the number of sacks. Just uh, on, on track here for this is not very Jacob, few. This is not Jacob's hurry, you know. Race. This this is the sack race. Gotta, That's gotta, right. We gotta start getting home. <laughs> we gotta start getting home. <laughs> we gotta start getting home. Quarterback hits don't count for the sack king, uh, which I am a little disappointed. ESPN does not track that anymore in their box scores on mobile, which if you didn't know, their box scores on mobile and their box scores on desktop are not the same. You will not get the same statistics tracked on both of those. That is a fun fact for you. You you think the guys like would be motivated enough to go get the sacks with the reward of having dinner with you. You had a nice day. (laughs) I mean, like you think, that, what award, that's what man. would be going through my head as I'm rushing the quarterback. Like I'm going to get that fucking steak dinner from Jacob Lane. That's that, right, that motherfucker. From I love pink. how you I love how you volunteered me for a steak dinner for a defensive lineman. That's an expensive bill to foot, man. We're gonna yeah, have to no split kidding. That one. That's <laughs> I Dutch, didn't say that's the Dutch. defensive line. I said a defensive lineman. No, no, true. But just one defensive lineman will probably yeah, get a fairly expensive steak. Bread. Be like this. This is the best bread ever. It's oh my god. Have you tried this bread? This is great. Hey, waiter, more water, more bread, more water, more water, more bread. That's right. That's right. And if they're of age, more beer, because that will also fill up the gut. And I can tell you that from experience. Mm -hmm. Last bit here uh, of just we've talked a lot about Jack Plummer, but I I just want to continue this conversation a little bit. And Matt, you brought some data uh, that kind of shares the story of Jack Plummer as a passer um, when he's blitz versus when he's not blitzed. And that's that's not the full conversation. That's the thing. It's it's so weird because it's like it's one play he throws a ball that you haven't seen here locally from a quarterback since you mentioned Vince, since like a Lamar, like just a, a right. NFL throw, like 
That's what you expect out of a, a fifth year senior who can sling it right. That kind of throw. But then the number of balls that hit the dirt uh, is a comparison to the longest yard when uh, popcorn wants to throw the football. Like that's what it looks like at times with Jack Plummer. The ball is poorly timed. It's poorly thrown. It's coming up way short. Like it's just, there's, there's these little instances uh, and even the interception, not the Hail Mary interception, which I don't really count in the statistics, but that the interception that he threw, the, the football just – its the, the the lack of detail is not there. Um, and, and I think it's something that he can overcome and will we'll get better with at time because there is certainly a plethora of weapons. Like just get the ball to Jaws, Isaac Ariendo, Kevin Coleman, and Jamari Thrash. If we've learned anything so far, just do that and you'll be good. Be the but studs. Matt, but that's right. That's right. Beat the studs. But Matt, tell me, like, the story is a little bit about when he's blitzed and when he's pressured versus when he has a clean pocket to throw from. It's not the same quarterback. Like, the numbers show it's a different guy. And when you listen to Brom talk about it, Jeff Brom, you have to read between the lines with Jeff Brom, I've learned. He says what he means, but he's not saying the full thing. So you got to kind of bring it all together. And what he talked about with Jack is he's got to be – they're trying to throw more pressure at him during the week meaning they understand that Jack is struggling when there is any type of pressure put on him. His feet start to dance. He starts to get a little bit happy. That ball starts to come out a little bit uh, a little bit later, and it's typically under the throw. Yeah, I'll just say this. Thank God that Louisville's offensive line is off to a dominant start to the first two games. Otherwise, Louisville might not be 2-0 right now because when looking at the kept clean versus under pressure stats on pro football focus, shout out to them. This isn't an ad, but they are very useful in what they do in this situation. But uh, when the pocket is kept clean, which is 72.9% of his dropbacks, he's 30 for 42, which comes out to a 71.4 completion percentage, which, you know, very good on the other 27.1% of his dropbacks where he is under pressure. He's four for 11. That equates to a 36.4 completion percentage. Again, that's a, a very small sample size compared to when the pocket is clean and he has the time to throw the ball. But through two games, I mean, we can see it with our own eyes. Even when there's not pressure, he sometimes just has an all repass and increase the pressure even by a little bit. And it seems it almost seems like he's seeing getting flashbacks to last year at Cal whenever he was getting sacked on a weekly basis constantly. Yeah, for me, that's probably what it is. It's like a little bit of PTSD right there of like, oh, shit, you know, I'm back at Cal. I'm I'm under pressure, under pressure. Got to get rid of the ball. And, you know, all of a sudden you're throwing it late, you know, at the ground, things like that. Uh, Maybe he should, you know, try jujitsu. It worked out for Tua. You become a little bit more comfortable, you know, getting sacked. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> for me, just stepping up and making and delivering the ball with confidence, it's it's a huge thing for a quarterback. And uh, I think this is a correctable mistake as Jack goes on and sees, you know, this is a good. Oh, it's very correctable. I can trust these guys, you know. And it's I'm not saying he doesn't trust them. You know what I mean? You got you know what I mean when I say that. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Just he's gonna be yeah. Confident. He's gonna he's gonna be there when I need him to be there that this play is gonna go the way that it has gone in practice like we've done before. There, there's yeah. no the outside variables don't matter at that point. It's just making the play. 
Yeah. Do you think they're throwing like having more like GAs or student assistants run at him with like pool noodles, like throw him in the arm? Like, woo. I don't I think they're just playing our video of him, uh, of us talking about his mustache. Like, this is what they think of you. And it's just us talking about his mustache. Cause like, to be honest with you, are we sure Jack isn't like just kind of down in the dumps from shaving the mustache? Like, I'm still I don't not even convinced. think that's the real Jack Plummer. I have a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's just the Tamar Hamlin theory. <laughs> that is not the real Jack Plummer. Uh, <laughs> That's but I do I I I agree with you all. Like I, I was frustrated. I know a lot of fans probably felt frustrated in the first half at times watching Jack. It it felt a lot like it did against Georgia Tech. Uh, but I, I do say it's one of those things, and this isn't being a fan. This is just, you know, again, he's throwing the ball 64% completion percentage. I, I know he's thrown a couple of interceptions, but he's his numbers are not bad. This is one of those things, like let's just hang in there. Like, let's just hang in there. I think that this offense is slowly starting to kind of figure it out. Come together more well-rounded uh and they can run the damn ball they have two stud running backs and Jawar jordan and isaac Ariando. and isaac Ariando, like matt i think you were one that was very uh prominent talking about him this offseason and i know there were some others but like from a transfer perspective we didn't give him enough love uh because my dude is a bowling ball man like i would not want to tackle he him that does hard. not look he, he, yeah, he's pissed off about somebody man he's one like, of those dudes like even if you go low like going low is just as shitty as going high because yeah, like, his man. legs are just as fucking big as like the i mean it just sucks the tree trunks yeah. That's right, man. That's right. All right. Well, let's transition to a commercial break here. On the other side, we'll come back. We'll talk about Indiana. There is one particular data point, one uh, statistic that I think is one of the big storylines of this game that I think will ultimately determine what this looks like. I know a lot of fans are very confident with Louisville going against Indiana, and I think that you'll see in our predictions that we are as well. But this is not a game in which Louisville just shows up and wins. It's Georgia Tech is a great example of what happens when you are not prepared uh, or not quite ready uh, to to go onto that stage and play football. And, and luckily they won the football game uh, and that's the hope for this one this weekend, but still there is uh, there's definitely some things to watch for. And we'll talk a little bit about that on the other side, but first, before we do that, fellas, it is tailgating season. This is the time where boys become men and men become that's right. Stinky. We all know we were all stinky Thursday night. Maybe not Matt up there in his glorious press box with his air conditioning, but us <laughs> real fans were out there and, and great weather, don't mind you. But when you're drinking beer in the heat, the, the sweat starts to happen and the stink starts to happen. But if you're like me, you've pulled out all the stops to keep your boys fresh and maybe more importantly, stop your family jewels from chafing during this weather. That is one problem we all absolutely have to avoid and for me nothing works until i found the crop preserver ball deodorant for men let's cut let's cut to the chafe the chase most guys take better care of their pits and they do their future kids and that's just effed up that's why the crop preserver ball deodorant is staying in the daily lineup from this point on over two million men trust their balls with manscape fellas what's the math on how many balls that has been trusted to manscape two million men that's a lot of zeros man four million balls Man, Manscaped has a number of products to help <laughs> help manage your manhood uh, and keep things silky smooth, including the lawnmower 4.0 ball trimmer. Do yourself a favor, hit up manscaped.com right now and use the promo code pink seats or starting five. That's pink seats or starting the number five for 20% off at checkout. Your balls and the people around you will thank you. We will be right back on the other side to talk Indiana. Does this ever happen to you? 
Do you ever get sick of listening to the same old sports radio? Mount Rushmore this, hot seat that. The same rehashed old musty takes you've been hearing for years. Does it send you into a fit of rage causing you to lose control of the steering wheel, crashing into a vehicle leading to you being late to a big meeting at work which leads to your ultimate firing and downward spiral of your life? Does this ever happen to you? Don't send your life into a downward spiral. Do what thousands of others are already doing, listening to the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Louisville football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, Louisville City and racing Louisville soccer, Louisville culture, and so much more. State of Louisville Podcast Network and stateofloval.com. Real fans' opinions for real fans like you. We're back on the other side. Got a fresh beer here, one beer per segment. I like that math. Vince talked about not being good at math. I can add that up. Thomas, I'll never forget it. I, I was drawing a card, and I handed it to him, and something was messed up on it. He just basically ended up rewriting the whole card for scout team. And I looked at it, and I'm like, Coach, this is spelled wrong. It's like, would you rather have somebody that knows how to freaking spell or somebody that knows football? Like, well, you put it that way. <laughs> Makes well, sense. <laughs> that's right, man. Well, let's talk about Indiana. That is a team that can't spell. If you remember last year, they wore the jerseys uh, that was it had Indiana incorrectly spelled. I think they had it like I and I D A and A. So I forgot about that. About as bad as it gets. Uh, speaking of as bad as it gets, I keep just using these transitions to get to nowhere at this point, but uh, there is a point here, and that is that Louisville has an opponent that is named Indiana this weekend in Indianapolis in Lucas Oil Stadium, which is a great place to watch football. The Colts, not so much, but when you're watching Louisville up there, great football. Well, the fighting Andrew Lux. You just, you just had to say it, didn't you? You just had to. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Week one, oh, oh, and, oh, and one, man. There's always week two, right? We don't make any harsh. And Anthony Richardson balled out. So we, we don't have, there's not too much to complain about. Oh, that, didn't he have like 180 passing yards? No. Yeah, but he ran for a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, but he ran for a touchdown too, sir. Well, that's what this is, man. Oh, he's, oh yay. <laughs> I can't wait All for right. it. I mean, just pure disappointment. Keep going. Nope, nope. Louisville football. Louisville. All right, Indiana football. Get to know them a little bit. Pick to finish last in the Big Ten East this year by media. Tom Allen considered to be probably the the coach most on the hot seat in the Big Ten. And I'm telling you folks this now, okay? This is – you heard it here first. Watch out for Mark Hagan there as a head coaching option if Indiana does move on from Tom Allen at the end of the season. Uh, Mark uh, Mark Hagan, I believe, is alumni of, of Indiana and also has coached there in the past. Just – Connecting some potential dots here. Mark Hagan is a guy, it seems like, kind of on the rise. Uh, but anyways, Tom Allen, a guy that maybe not might not make it to next year. After those couple of years when they had Michael Penix and they looked like they were on the rise, they have absolutely bottomed out. They are seven and twenty in their last twenty-seven games of football. Uh, two of those six, two of those victories against Idaho, two against Western, one against Indiana State, and then uh, Illinois, Michigan State, or a couple of the others. Two and sixteen in the past two years. They do have some talent though. They kind of suck, right? They kind of suck. Uh, but this year they have one of the uh, one of the rosters with the most turnover, much like with Louisville. They have added a team full of transfer portal players, uh, including Taven Jackson, who, fun fact for you all, it, 
is the brother of Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, but as a transfer from Tennessee, they've got Jalen, they've got Jalen Lucas, Josh Henderson, Christian Turner uh, at the running back spot. Jeff Brum talked a little bit about their their ability to be a dynamic trio. On the defensive side, Aaron Casey, Andre Carter, and they've got some defensive backs who have played well this year. So overall, they're actually kind of okay. The numbers tell you that Indiana's defense is, through two games, not bad. Um, in fact, 15th in total defense. Uh, they are 11th in passing yards allowed, and they are 4th in third-down conversion. And consider, they did play Indiana State, but Indiana opened the season with Ohio State. Now, they did get blown out. I think it was like 33-3. 23-3. Twenty-three to three, whatever. Not a big difference there. Well, I mean, anytime they, they you can hold Ohio State, who's yes. got NFL receivers galore, to only twenty-three points. Yeah, they the defense did something right, and and especially those defensive backs, which looked really damn good in that game. Yeah, exactly. And so I say all that to kind of align with what what we talked about going into the break that this is not necessarily just a win on on paper like it looks like it because indiana has been a, a pretty poo-poo team jeff Brom has tom allen's phone number um and you you think here that this is a game that you can win but for louisville you have to go in here and you have to execute much much better than you did in week one and week two and that's the question at this point is can louisville uh be better than they've been and really can they be better than they were week one Right. Are they we're going to we're going to find I guess we're going to find that out. Like that's do you guys kind of see this as is really kind of like a litmus test of where they are um, overall? Like it, it really I mean, I know that's kind of obvious. That's the case for everybody week to week. But coming off of a near miss at Georgia Tech and then blowing Murray State out, you still have these questions of, well, is your defense able to hold against the run? Can you defend uh, from a coverage standpoint against? power five receivers can jack Plummer make these throws feel like we're going to find the answer out to a lot of this maybe not all of it but a lot of it this weekend i i, I think this game is probably a litmus test not to where louisville is right now because i mean it's only a quarter of the way through the season but it's going to show if louisville is making meaningful strides towards correcting some of their biggest early flaws uh, the first two that come to mind for me are their third their efforts on third down, which I don't have the exact number in front of me, but no, when I was looking up the stats overall, they were 129th in college football out of 132 FBS teams on third down. That's not going to cut it at all. It doesn't matter how many weapons you had have the skill positions. It doesn't matter how good the offensive line is. It doesn't matter how good Jack Plummer gets and how much he progresses as the season goes on. If you can't do anything on third down, you're fucked. Simple as that. And then the, the other part is uh, the penalties. There have been a couple drives between the Georgia Tech game and even in the Murray State game where untimely penalties have either really set back Louisville or almost killed drives completely altogether. I know there, I think if I'm remembering this correctly, there was a drive in the Georgia tech game where they think they had two holds on the same drive that pretty much just killed it before it got started. And one of them was like a false start on a wide receiver. I mean, didn't they have a wide receiver hold set on Thursday night that cost you our touchdown or was that an offensive lineman? If they, they had some it, it was a holding call that cost Jawar an extra like 70 plus yards, but I can't remember like who did it. But yeah, it, that's my point there. I mean, if you're facing a team that's not Murray State 
and Jaws breaks up another long ass run and it's negated by a silly penalty. That could be you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So That's I think right. that this this IU game is not so much an opportunity to establish what Louisville is, because I think they're still trying to figure not try and figure out what they are, but still try and establish what they are as the season goes on. But it's an opportunity for Louisville to fix some of the most glaring issues right now. I feel like with this one, uh, you go into it and you, you look at a variety of different statistics and feel like, okay, overall Indiana, they're just not that good. Like uh, total offense, 90th in the country, passing offense, 84th in the country, uh, rushing offense, 80th in the country They're I mean, they're a middle to back half of college football in terms of offensive production through two games. And one of those games is against Indiana state. So really not promising there, but when you look at the defensive side of the ball, for me, one of the big storylines in this game and Matt, you just talked about this, but just to kind of expand on it is the third down battle because what Indiana has done um, is get off of the field on third down and they have given themselves an opportunity on offense. Now they haven't capitalized, but when you have a defense that has lapses, like we've seen with Louisville through two games where Murray state, not so much, but Georgia tech, obviously that second quarter, it just takes a couple of plays for you to go down 14 points or go down 10 points. And, and that's, you know, when your offense um, has these these points of sputtering out, that's a big deal. And so for the offense for Louisville, Matt, you just mentioned this, they're 129th in the country in third down conversions. They, on the season, um, I mean, they are point twenty. They are essentially 22% conversion rate right now overall on third down. I mean, it's just, it's just putrid. Um, and on the other side, defensively, Indiana is fourth. They are four of 23 on on third downs this season defensively. I mean, that's yeah. pretty, pretty, that's a pretty big deal when you're talking about trying to win a game uh, on the, on the road, a neutral field where really they're going to have some form of an advantage. We'll, uh, we'll see what that ultimately looks yeah. like. But... I mean, even against Murray State, they were only four for 12 on third down. Like that, that's, that's not going to cut it. Like I said, period. Yeah, we're gonna come back next week on Vince's game notes. Right there, that was like, that was coach shit right there. It sounded like you were up in front of like a team, and you're, you're, you should have like a pointer in your hand. That's not gonna cut it. No, <laughs> not this. Like this coach thirty. <laughs> yeah, here, here's a fun fact for you. Okay, are you are you all ready for this? This one's gonna irritate some people. Louisville's passing offense this season, they averaged 296.5 yards per game. Not bad, right? You you feel pretty good about that. Louisville's taking a step forward. You think maybe they really are sticking it to Scott Satterfield by showing them what could have been with this offense? That tied 31st mark is kind of funny because Louisville's tied for 31st in the country with Cincinnati in total passing offense. So just (laughs) just in the the field of ironic – Football statistics, like football is just the dumbest sport in the world, like in terms of stuff like that just happening because it's a bunch of dudes just running at each other and, you know, like just inserting their asserting their dominance. And for Louisville to end up tied with Scott Satterfield in the passing offense. Listen to how you you describe football compared to how I I describe football as 11 people working in unison (laughs) one common goal. And you're over here like, it's a bunch of dudes just running into each other, doing stupid shit, a bunch of guys. The beauty is we're both. (laughs) My CTE is more than your CTE. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because you make a living covering idiots like us. (laughs) 
writing like, about the levels of CTE is what you do for a living while Vince is out there just smashing his brain into the wall over and over again with no regards because that's just what football is and it's the most amazing thing like that it's just there's there I, is art and symphony in football with statistics like that what I want to see is just improvements like you guys have mentioned though like it just I want to see constant improvements week to week each week it seemed like I mean <sighs> Throws with Jack. I was going to say, it seemed like they improved, but it really didn't. There was a lot of stuff that he missed still. You know, I want to see him step into his throws on, you know, these plays where he has pressure. Obviously, we have to get, you know, get first downs on third down. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up. And it worries me whenever we run into a more formidable team like at NC State or Notre Dame or something like that. And, you know, but yeah. We'll see. I don't know. That's why you play the game. And that's why we trust Jeff Brom as our head coach. Cause I, I, I think, you know, with, like you said, Jacob, he's had Tom Allen's number as well. So that gives me extreme confidence about this offense going out there this weekend. I, I expect stuff to be hitting, you know, it might not be perfect or pretty. Well, I actually, I expect it to kind of be pretty at least like <laughs> with, with the number that he had, he's had on Tom Allen. We'll, we'll see though. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good time for all the fans that are making the trip up there. Indianapolis is a great city. The tailgate environment in Lucas Oil uh, Stadium's parking lot. There's a lot of you know big parking lots right around the stadium to go and to hang out and drink beers. It is an early one, though. I mean, a, a noon game means you're out there tailgating probably 8, 9, 9 o'clock, which, hey, get you some mimosas. Little Irish, uh, a little Irish whiskey. Is that what they call it? That's not what they call it. What's a uh, what's a coffee with with alcohol called? I sound like an idiot right now. I'm not a I'm not an alcohol drinker outside of beer. But there is a drink that you drink with coffee and like vodka in it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and so you could take that out there and drink that at the game. You can you can Irish have coffee? some beers. Irish coffee. I I said Irish whiskey. Yeah, I think, and I I think it's know. Irish coffee. I think, I think it is. Right. I think I just said whiskey. Uh, yeah. Point being. Some great morning breakfast drinking options. And if you're really about it, like a tray of bacon at a tailgate is like, that's as football as it gets right there. So definitely oh, yeah. some good times. A tray of bacon and a fifth of whiskey. Me and Isaac Martin will be in heaven on Saturday. <laughs> there you go. Exactly, <laughs> man. I'm giving you the recipe to have a good, successful tailgate. Uh, so outside of that, though, I mean, I think for Louisville offensively, want to watch and see what Indiana does with the, with the pressure and the sacks. They had four sacks against Indiana State. Uh, again, it's Indiana State, so there's really not any telling to what that means to this game. But they do have four different players who have a sack, including Andre Carter, who I mentioned, one of their top players on defense, uh, and a linebacker, a couple of defensive linemen. So um, if they can blitz, I mean, that that makes Jack Plummer prove. I, I would imagine that's the plan. The game plan going into this game is make Jack Plummer throw the football if you're Indiana. Like, don't let Jawar and Isaac Gariendo get off. Go ahead. Make the passing offense be what Louisville has to to lean into, and make them throw the ball thirty times and see what Jack Plummer does. You say that, and I, I'm confident that like ten of those passes, you know what I mean, Jacob could be could be passes out of the backfield to Jawar Jordan, Isaac Gar- uh, Isaac Gariendo, and I mean, or or Jamari Thrash to screen a uh, tunnel screen or something like that. Jeff Brom is so good at getting these guys that need the ball in their hands to have success. He's he's just phenomenal at it. He did it with Rondell Moore, Purdue. And you see him doing it now with the various different. We talked about it all offseason. This is the most talented skill position, skill position wise that he's probably probably ever had, just ever had collectively across the board. So 
Yeah. And as Matt mentioned, right, they, the, uh, the Indiana defensive backs did a great job. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. was out most of that game with an injury, but the, those receivers at Ohio State are like, like there's nine NFL like players. It's just like back in the day when it was like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and all these guys down at Alabama playing on the same teams, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Like it's just unfair the receivers that are being stacked up at Ohio State, but Indiana proved it that they could cover. So Jamari Thrash, right? They're gonna send they're gonna send what they need to take care of him. Uh and yeah, but you have you have Kevin Coleman and you have Jimmy Calloway who both have made big plays in each of Louisville's first two games. Uh and then it's great seeing Joey Gatewood, man. Like I, I love seeing that touchdown pass. Oh, that tickles me. That, oh, I love oh, that was so it. nice. As, as much as Joey Gate, I hope Joey Gatewood scores a touchdown every game this season, just because it's so funny. The UK tie-in and everything. Like I just, I just love it. That shit, I love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna ask Matt Maurice Turner, what's the, is is he back this week? Did, didn't he go through warmups last week? He went through warmups, and I honestly thought he was going to play but I, I couldn't tell you what was ailing him because he looked perfectly fine yeah but it was minor enough to where like he's perfectly Sad fine thing. i mean i mean if it since it's murray state that they're going to face if there's even the threat of him being hurt i mean hold him oh, out yeah, i mean I'm clearly really, clearly louisville was fine yeah. but yeah no maurice turner is good to go for indiana love to see it Need all the weapons you can get. He's a he's a great weapon to have back there. It's hard to divvy up carries though when you got three three pew, dudes, pew, man. Pew, pew. <laughs> they got they got some dogs back there, man. All right, let's go ahead and jump into predictions. Finish the show up here uh, and get out of here, allowing you to go back uh, about your day. Uh, we'll do this um, just like we have the last couple of weeks. Each week, two points available for each of us. Uh, the score prediction and then some some form of statistical prediction. Last week. Uh, heading into week two, it was a tie ball game. All of us got the first week right against uh, Georgia Tech. And uh, last week we asked the question, who would win? Obviously, Louisville won uh, over Murray State. So all of us have secured a point. So we're all tied at two. We asked the question, how many quarterbacks would play? And not a single one of us was even close. So we move <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> along with a, with, with a 50% uh, success rate predicting this week after week. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's an any man race right now. We will see what happens uh, as we go about the year, but certainly right now, just funny to watch because it's just been really off uh, with who scores first and who, uh, what, how many quarterbacks. So we'll jump in here. We'll start with Presley's prediction, and for tonight, we're going to predict the score, and then we will predict the number of rushing touchdowns for Louisville football this weekend. Presley has phoned in his score from Phoenix, Arizona, home of Jawar Jordan, right? And that where Jawar's from. Or from from Arizona, the, I think he's from. I think he's from Gilbert. I think. Okay. All right. So, home, Presley out there in the home of Jawar Jordan, doing some investigative, deep diving reporting. Not really, just out there for work. Thirty-one seventeen is his prediction. He has two rushing touchdowns for Louisville football. I have a feeling a lot of our predictions are going to be fairly similar here. I'm going twenty-seven to seventeen for Louisville, and I'm also going with two rushing touchdowns. I think 17 seems to be the flavor of the week with the score per perspective from Indiana. Uh, so, Matt, Vince, fellas, what we got? Yeah, I, I'm going 31-17. I do think Indiana has a solid underrated defense, like one of the more underrated ones in the Big Ten, but they just don't have the offensive capabilities to be able to really threaten. So I th I think it'll be a close game through the first three quarters, but then Louisville starts to pull away towards the end, and I think they end up coming out, like I said, 31-17, and Louisville gets two rushing touchdowns. 
All right. Looking like what? we're, we're going to all either be right or wrong. What do you got, man? I'm picking 17. I don't know, man. I don't. We didn't plan that. Like I, I don't know. I like a cover or something. Like, I'm going 38-21 uh, with the cards, taking the win, and I'm going to go with its team total rushing yard, rushing touchdowns. For touchdowns, yes, sir. For Louisville football only in this statistic. Four touchdowns. Okay. Oh, wow. All right, man. So that means four rushing touchdowns oh, well, and one I'm other different. variation. There's oh, going to well. be three. Watch. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Nobody will get it. That'll be total, total from the pink seats predictions type of scenario. Well, we gotta, uh, see, to, to separate it, though, we got to do, like, who's closer? Like, I know, but it, it's hard to track the point. Like, we, we did that the first year, and we gave up, like, halfway through where we were like, all right, if you're the closest score, you get a half point. I'm like, I'm making this easy. It's two points a week. You either get the point or you don't get the point. There's no in-between. It's either all in, all out. All right, and we'll Dad. see. At the end of the year, somebody will get something, a shirt, a steak, so maybe their balls trimmed. I don't know. We'll see It'll what be happens. Maybe the Manscaped Jacob Lane sack dinner and it'll be only dudes with sex and it'll, it'll be, be i think that prize needs to be renamed yeah. and expeditiously <laughs> right we, you know we're gonna get we're gonna get take some them to, fines take here them to game and eat some wild meat there we go that's right that's right all right folks well we will we will get out of here and let you get back about your day we appreciate you so much for listening to the show supporting us as we talk about louisville football and it's exciting, exciting time right now for the Cards 2-0 heading into a very winnable game. And uh, we inch closer to some of these big ACC games uh, over the next couple of weeks. So definitely will be interesting to watch. Give us a follow, subscribe, rate, and uh, give us a review if you don't mind. If you're a fan, if you hate us, tell us why you don't like us. Especially Vince loves being told why you don't like him. So be sure to drop that in the reviews. Ooh. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm kidding. Everyone loves me. Check the comments. <laughs> Definitely rate, review the show. We appreciate you supporting us. Uh, subscribe anywhere you get your shows from uh, on YouTube as well at the State of Blue. Follow the show on Twitter at Pink Seeds Pod, and of course check out U of L Report of Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation. Stateofluvel.com is the website. State of Louisville Podcast Network is who brings you the show. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about a team that is three and O. That's the way we want to be. And we will see. Hopefully, that's what the case is. Everybody, safe travels up to Indianapolis. Make sure you cheer loud. Don't yell at your wife like I did the last time we went to Lucas Oil Stadium for a Cards game. Don't yell at your wife. Jesus. We'll be back next week <laughs> from the Pink Seats Podcast. Let's get Life advice. <laughs>